0: i want to do a skit you want okay. to do a skit yeah let's i just do want to it. brainstorm it i don't want to actually do it here's here's the, the the skit um we go up to mount we go up to mount everest and you die <laughs> and i eat you
1: I like it. (laughs) I'm Q. I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road.
0: A lot of people dying up on Mount Everest. Yeah, I know. You read about that? Heard about it?
1: I don't know. It's kinda cool.
0: It's cool. (laughs) What you're saying is that it's cool that people are dying on Mount Everest.
1: I mean is it not cool? I mean It's human it's a human life, Dave you're telling me that you don't think that that's cool like that that's a cool way to go so we as... haven't,
0: we haven't talked for a little while I want to yeah, jump it's been into a long thing. time I want to jump into a thing that I haven't had a chance to talk to you about because um, I, I think we like took the last half of I, I know I personally like this Trump guy has gotta go
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's an absolute disgrace you know what? From now on, I'm not even calling him Trump. I'm calling him Drump.
1: I like that.
0: Isn't that crazy? (laughs) HBO told me to do that. I get it. I like it. (laughs) I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Uh, So one of the things we wanted to to mention, Dave, is... um, June 19th, for everybody that was looking forward to last month's show, that was canceled, unfortunately, due to... That was delayed, postponed, unfortunately, due to water damage, storm damage over at Lifehouse Little Havana. Um, June 19th is going to be the end of Miami live show. Uh, still got all the same speakers, most all of the same speakers, and people who are going to come up rapid-fire style. Instead of Jewish Dave, it's going to be a friend of the show, Jerry Ionelli, who's going to be co-hosting along with me. Because no matter how many times we reschedule this, Dave still can't make it to Miami. That's okay.
1: <laughs> I was actually literally while you're uh, talking, I was looking at flights. But I mean, it's like four hundred fucking dollars for a bad flight. It's not that much. That's a lot of money, dude. I don't make that <laughs> kind of money.
0: I uh, speaking of HBO, the thing I want to talk to you about is mm. you know our our, our legendary um, battles arguments debates over things of of incredible import like Mm. the best way to consume pop culture and dumb shit like that like this vapid trash that's so important in the months leading up to its release and then we immediately forget about it I
1: I think I think I know what you're about to bring up and I I've been actually you're not going to believe me but I remember you mentioning that this was going to come up and I've been waiting to hear it for like three weeks so Please continue. So, all right. By now, um, everyone knows that the TV show Game of Thrones, the
0: the, uh, record-breaking last bit of monoculture that we all sort of enjoy as a collective group of brain-poisoned morons hurtling towards the end of civilization. Um, It's over now, so we have to kind of wake up and... on sundays and face the grim reality of life without a show that we can all like lose ourselves in and forget about what what failures we are as a race and focus on the failures of this fictional race of people but the big show i think the big episode because the the last season of it i don't know if you if you you, dave Dave, you're not you're not a game of thrones watcher right let's establish that for the listeners
1: right no not at all i i've seen three episodes maybe that it didn't make any impression on you you didn't like nah, it I, it was good I, I liked it i just had no interest in just spending you know that much time really getting into it so i liked it I, I i read
0: a couple of the books i've read a couple of the books and there's that's a fucking accomplishment if you ask me the books are like uh, 1500 pages a piece yeah and um you know with any like with anything like with anything of that scope it was a real challenge for people to kind of um <laughs> sorry i <had> to am <laughs> just looking at my twitter feed and you know who to- tommy tommy Lahren, Tom tammy Laren the like yeah the blonde moron right unlv yeah she went to unlv that's right so um <laughs> she has a post where she just wrote like the new gillette ad features a trans transgender boy shaving for the first time it's a little much to normalize and promote high school age kids undergoing hormone therapy and gender reassignment, don't you think? And just right below it is a reply from James, friend of the show, uh. and it just says, "Eat shit, rat." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why people shit on Twitter so much. It's really the best. It's just the the best, the best platform. <laughs> Like it's the best It's the best if people. you
1: hate everything about life. It's the best. <laughs> well, go <come> on
0: <laughs> so back to my back to my point, my story, right? Because okay, let's position this right. Dave, you are a fan of the movies and not just the movies, but the movie experience, and I'm not mm-hmm. so much. absolutely um, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a big problem with movie theaters. I just don't think that they serve any purpose. They'll probably they should just, they'll they'll go away in a few years and they probably should. And um Fuck you Q. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the uh one of the things that happened is this TV show Game of Thrones like it had its big mega battle episode 3 episodes before the final episode um and it took place in this you know in this like Irish castle that they that they go film at or it might have been like a in Belfast or something I don't know but it's it's in some like you know dark um and it happened at night this huge what i think a lot of people are saying is the the huge the biggest in scope set piece action set piece that's ever been filmed Mm -hmm. um which is incredible but sure enough that night um tv went out for a little bit had a little bit of problems you know finding like getting the tv to turn back on when it turned back on um we played it straight off of the hb straight off of the um the tivo box right from from our provider atlantic broadband and it was great and you never want to like when you're so anticipating these big tentpole episodes of things you never want to shit on them you kind of want to just be taken away especially if you've been following the plot for like five six years or whatever mm-hmm. Incredible episode of television, probably the best episode of this last season of Game of Thrones, which was like a bad season. I think probably the worst season of all the seasons that this really great show has done. And um, yeah, but I don't know if you've ever seen this thing where it shows nighttime and nighttime is rendered in a way where it's just different sort of like very identifiable um, layers of, of dark gray And it just looks like pixels on top of pixels. I don't know how to explain this. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, like, it's not HD looking. It's just, like, dark, dark gray laid on top of dark, dark, dark gray on top of black. And you're Uh like, okay. Everything was difficult to see. And um, I wasn't alone, obviously. Anybody who's followed the show or followed the news the next day saw that, you know, millions of people were complaining about how shitty this, this incredible... Expensive hour and a half of television looked Mm -hmm. and um, a few days later I you know I I had read a few articles about this and I decided to stream it on the HBO go app Dave let me tell you looked perfect it looked beautiful I couldn't believe it It made sense though right I I was trying to watch it at nine o'clock on a Sunday probably how many other people were probably watching it at the exact same moment right it looked like shit Cable looks like shit anyway. Most co- most cable companies are just like garbage and they haven't replaced their wiring or their um, or or any of their their cable in fucking years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I'm trying to get to is to do all that research and to have to rewatch a thing and to be and, and the, the, the thing that caught a lot of people's ire about the situation was the cinematographer for the that episode came out. And he said, no, the episode looks exactly the way it's supposed to look. It's not too dark. It's not too gray. It's not too indistinguishable. It looks exactly the way that it's supposed to look. I know because I made it. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. pissed a lot of people off. People were like, well, the cust it was, it was basically like the customer's always right crowd, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my point is this. Sure. Four or five days later, I saw it. It looked great and it looked beautiful. And the guy, the cinematographer and the whole creative team and everybody involved with it did pulled off like a huge feat of television. It looked good and it was fun to watch. And it was a crazy action packed episode, probably like the, one of the most engaging action uh, hours that I've ever seen rendered on, on a screen. But should you have to work like that? Should you have to like, know like bit rate and like, I mean, should you have to be that involved in your experience Shouldn't you be able to just, like, sit down, have the lights go down, and have something entertain you? Do you have to, like, be troubleshooting and coming up with, like, different methods of watching or waiting until bandwidth is lower? So, I am eating a little bit of crow here. I'm telling you, like, that situation made me kind of, like, long for movie theaters. This this situation where you just, yeah, it's a lot of... um it's a lot of what's the word I'm looking for indignities or, or inconveniences you have to suffer to deal with a movie theater experience. But when you sit down, you know, I mean, unless the movie theater, like literally catches on fire, which happened to me at the Hurt Locker, (laughs) the movie theater caught on fire to leave. But unless that happens, like you're gonna get a good experience,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely they they're 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 perfectly calibrated and that you know that the sound, the picture, that everything is going to be exactly the way that the filmmakers intended it, you know, unless it's some weird you know glitch or something. but with TV, you're absolutely going to You know, run into issues from every step of the process. It's very rare that you just sit down and get, you know, an uninterrupted, no issues viewing of something. And then on top of that, you're dealing with uh, with streaming issues, which. You know, I, we could go on. I don't have facts in front of me or anything. I didn't know we'd be talking about this. But, like, I you, the, the, the broadband situation in this country just makes it where, at best, you're getting, like, what, like a 1080p picture? You're not getting any better than that. And, and so you're not – you're just simply not getting – I'm sure that that cinematographer, you know – thought that the 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 battle looked amazing because it probably did off of an actual file or even off of an actual uh you know dvd or disc or something but uh off of streaming there's just no telling what it's going to come through like yeah it's
0: (sighs) i don't know It, it, it it's it's all part of this thing where there's this larger bend in consumerism compromise compromise exactly like just expect in some ways you you know you're living the 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 imaginary like we just got done you and i were setting up this call i was just about to say look at podcasting like we did this video (laughs) chat we did a video chat right 10 years ago just popping a video chat on and seeing your friend in vegas when you're in miami three thousand miles away i mean i don't want to sound like i'm just like ripping off some 10 year old louis ck bit but like it was really a kind of unthinkable thing to, yeah. to, uh-huh. to, to just consider for me to just, you know, flippantly call you up on video chat and show you some equipment that I'm working on. And for you to be like, oh, yeah, do this, do that. That's crazy. Right. But look at the larger thing. Like you made the point, the podcasting. It's also a huge fucking hassle. Like the reason the, the thing that precipitated that phone call was unnecessary complications an unnecessary I would levels say of I would say that that
1: video call all of was I would say that video call was almost better quality than, and it's a free service than the, <laughs> these services that we pay for <laughs> or that you pay for I should say <laughs> yeah just
0: twist the knife
1: <laughs>
0: oh man um yeah I don't know it's it's like everybody has to be this technical expert uh, to be able to make things work decently now, everybody, which is fine. Fu- I mean, I don't want to sound like some like fucking geezer where I can't <clears throat> take a second to pop open my Roku and download the HBO Go app. Like I'm, I'm capable of doing that. It's just like, but why, man? Like, <laughs> I didn't have to do that shit for Dream On or The Sopranos, right? Even yeah. though those shows look like shit. You ever watch something from like? <laughs> You feel like the '90s was was not that long ago, but if you watch, TV, yeah, it looks so old. It, it looks so crazy. bad. I was watching something that was like pretty recent. Oh yeah, I was watching like reruns of Adult Swim, um, Harvey Birdman, and they were in four three. And four three yeah. looks so weird. On oh, your TV. It's now. so strange.
1: Yeah. It's it's like they're it's it's like, are they doing it on purpose? Like you almost have to think that, you know? Like there's there's no way. Like why was it like this?
0: <laughs> um yeah, man. So I'm with you. I'm with you on the movie thing. What's a what's a movie I should go see? What's going on? What's going on and piecing it together right now?
1: oh man what's going on well we, we, we've got a lot of movies coming out uh w- way too many honestly i mean this weekend alone we've got the elton john movie rocket man we've got the new godzilla which you know i most godzilla movies i end up not liking but this one they say is just non-stop monsters fighting each other which yeah this one has a lot of like the yeah. classic kaijus or whatever yeah. in them and it it's getting bad reviews because of that but i I, what the hell do people want from a Godzilla movie that's what I want out of it they so want I, I,
0: Matthew Broderick like whining and yeah. running around with some starlet that like <laughs> that for a very brief period of time got every role that Sarah Jessica Parker couldn't get or that, that <laughs> Jessica, Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker didn't want and then disappeared. That woman never did another movie after that. You remember that girl from
1: from Godzilla? No, I don't even know who it was. She looks
0: like Sarah, I don't remember her name either. She looks like Sarah Jessica Parker. Huh. And uh, she never did like another
1: movie. <laughs> yeah. Rest rest in peace. Rest in rest peace. In power. I I will say uh, one thing that came out while while we were on our little break was uh, John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum, which was so fucking good it was just out of control good did you go see that no i want to i want to really bad oh my god it's so good it's just it's the best one of the three it really is it's just in it's kind of crossed over into parody a little bit but not in a bad way and in only the best way I, i described it on our episode almost like uh like the transition from evil dead 2 to army of darkness like it's like he's just it's just it's ridiculous it's just it's total laughing the whole time because of how insanely violent it is and we we talked about this a little bit uh over messenger or whatever about how uh, Keanu Reeves is now considered, like, the nicest guy in all of Hollywood, and everybody loves him. Um, and I just think it's so funny that he is, like, considered this, like, you know, the, like, the Hollywood sweetheart, and he's made, like, the most violent movie I've seen in years. I think it's yeah. great. <laughs> it's a great... Uh, <laughs> and, and, great and the, the hits don't stop with Keanu,
0: man. That guy's that guy's living, like, the Renaissance the Keanu-sans, yes. or whatever. It just came out that he has been like funding children's hospitals secretly <laughs> for amazing. like decades. He's apparently been like the primary funder behind a bunch of children's hospitals and has like never sought any kind of publicity or attention or anything. He's just like, if you, in, in, in a, in like a, I don't know, in like a test tube, if you want to make like a perfect person. Yeah. <laughs> it's Keanu Reeves sure. Seems out. like it. Sure. Seems like it. How about this though? A little bit of props. Within, This turned out to be a pretty pop culture heavy episode. I don't really have much to say about politics this week. And I, I mean, people might, might be like tuning in for that. But
1: honestly, I don't know about you. I know you've been traveling a lot, but like I, this month has been a fucking, you know, with my dogs and stuff. It's been a tough month. And like, I, yeah. I haven't paid attention to politics at fucking all. I don't know anything new that's happened since, uh, I don't even know since probably since the last time we did Bird Road, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I don't know. I mean there's a lot of shit going on locally here in Miami.
0: Um I mean there's a lot of stuff happening. You know, this the the subpoena wars that are happening. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to get into this Maggie Haberman article on um this Maggie Haberman article on uh, former Trump communications uh director Hope Hicks. I don't know if you saw anything about that but Basically, what happened is Hope. Hicks, you know who Hope Hicks is, Dave?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I certainly know the name. I, I don't really so remember a, though. She
0: she was one of the people that came over from the Trump organization, so she predates any political aspirations by a long time. She's like a longtime Trump acolyte, like mm. a, a real acolyte too. She was she's not there for any political reasons. She's one of the ones who has drunk the Kool Aid. She's not there for. I mean, to some degrees, to 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 a degree, anybody around him or in his orbit, even his like family and wife and everything like that are there for some sort of remuneration. You know, they're, they're there to, for, for the money, but I mean, cause like who would be around that guy <laughs> just for no reason. <laughs> but, um, but there's like layers of that, right? There are people who are there and are committed and are like legit there. And then there's people who are looking for immediate gain. Um, Hope Hicks. It seems pretty commonly known is a real acolyte. Like she's there. She's a believer in, in Trump. She'll be one of the last ones in the room when everything falls apart. She already left her post, I think about a year ago, but now she's being, um, you know, she's still in the orbit of, of tr- everything Trump. And now she's being subpoenaed, right. By, um, uh, all the, uh, by the, by the, by the, by the, by the house. And, uh, the New York times made this really fawning. <sighs> the New York times published this really fawning, um, analysis of her decision and her existential crisis and you know she's very beautiful and so they they had these like gorgeous you know um uh photos of her these like uh the this this array of of you know very flattering imagery of her and presented her as you know this sort of um this this conflicted woman who is 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 dealing with like a crisis of conscience and stuff like that. But Mm. ultimately people on the left obviously get pissed off because Maggie Haberman is somebody who is what's commonly referred to Maggie Haberman is a reporter who wrote the article. And she's one of these people who sort of is a, um, is is what's called pejoratively uh, an access journalist, somebody who trades uh, trades the occasional puff piece or the occasional rehashed press release in exchange for having access. So mm. she'll cover you, but she won't cover you too hard. And that way you'll be, she'll ingratiate herself to you, so you being Trump in the Trump administration in this, in this example. So this is the price of access journalism, right? Is every once in a while, an article like this comes out that paints, uh, a, 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 just an ab- absolutely reprehensible person in a sympathetic light. And, all I'm going to say about that is access journalism is absolutely fucking real. Um, it's the way that that a lot of beat journalism goes. The worst writing, the worst coverage, and almost all of the coverage of the of the White House. Anybody in the White House press press gallery is an access journalist who plays these little trading games. And um, Maggie Haberman is absolutely one of the worst ones, and uh, she's got a lot of other like you know high profile New York Times, CNN. New York Magazine reporters jumping to her defense but like don't buy that hype man she's she's full of shit and she probably doesn't have any politics but she does she Maggie Haberman doesn't really have politics in the way that like you or I or I don't know uh, Milo Yiannopoulos have politics but like um, she absolutely has uh, loyalties and her loyalties are to you know advancement careerism and um, award seeking and all of those things come at the end of you know uh, like that kind of that kind of uh, access journalism so I don't know I don't, like I said I don't really want to get into this shit the thing I do want to talk about mm-hmm. my favorite 19, my favorite movie from 1997 okay and how excited I was to see this article on <laughs> Uprocks, which is not a website I usually read a lot but seems to be you know a pretty popular website so up rocks. here's here's the headline and you'll like this I think okay exploring the secret influence the 90s classic gross point blank seems to have had on modern pop culture this guy this writer Stephen Haydn makes a great case that everything that's sort of like in the in the zeitgeist of the like um, slick cool, Mm-hmm. uh reluctant assassin yeah, genre milieu, which is actually pretty big right now like beyond just John Wick also Barry and a bunch of other stuff that's like you know kind of in in in, in that orbit or in that in that area um it all comes from this movie and this was sure. one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you ever saw this movie or not, but this was one of my like, Uh, You know, this almost feels like we're doing a little bit of a a redux of a piecing it together right now because it's like like, um, you know, influential things like sure. um, I don't know if you've been watching Killing Eve, but a lot of people have. It's a great TV show and it has a lot of the same um, DNA going through it. Anything where even even from the Sopranos to uh, I don't know, anywhere where the the killer or the criminal is is meeting with a therapist that Mm -hmm. that that trope started analyze this uh all those movies all all that shit started with this movie and i don't think that anybody had taken the concept of like a contract killer or a criminal and making him human and reluctant and not wanting to do breaking bad he draws like all these thematic parallels with everything like from you know breaking bad sopranos Madmen, All of these things were these guys who are, you know, borderline criminal. You know, they're bounders. They're 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 crooks in some ways. They're like these the conflicted man, and you know, the conflicted guy who who doesn't like what he does but does it anyway. And and that like I love this article. I recommend everybody read it. It's called it's on UpRocks exploring the secret influence a '90s classic Gross Point Blank seems to have on modern pop culture. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I it's a shame, but I think that any time I saw that movie I was drunk. Um yeah, it's <laughs> it was one of, one of those movies. And they were probably with you every time. Um yeah. but uh yeah, it, it you could totally see the influence, though, it, on on exactly what you were saying. All of that, like, hip, cool assassin type of thing and like and kind of like turning the assassin thing uh, away from, you know, straight tough guy to more of a uh, more of a complex character. And uh, and also to just um, I would say, like, independent filmmakers and stuff like that in a similar way that like Tarantino in, uh, influenced a lot of them, uh, you know, and like a lot of that that hip kind of thing going on um but yeah definitely a, a an influential movie i should check out that article again another one of these movies
0: though and we've talked about this before and i think we disagree a lot where it's like this movie couldn't come out today imagine pitching this like who's john who's john cusack today what's like john cusack now um maybe like a
1: like an andrew garfield
0: Andrew Garfield maybe. Or I, don't, I don't. I feel like he's charmless. What's who's the uh, who's the guy from the Nice Guys? Oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling maybe is John Cusack now, okay. right? Okay, so I'm like Ryan Gosling. It's a comedy. He's, you know, he's going back to high school for his ten year his ten year reunion or whatever, and like I mean that no who would buy that who would who would put that on maybe netflix or some shit you definitely couldn't see it in a movie theater though that's they don't like it's not in the in the in the lens of of uh what gets put in movie theaters
1: anymore it would be the one it would be a movie that i see in the theater while i'm like traveling to la or somewhere with like a cool movie theater but it wouldn't be at like the main theaters here in vegas that's for sure yeah they make a
0: really good point they're like in um in the original john wick Keanu Reeves could almost pass for a version of John Cusack's Martin Blank, many years removed from Gross Point Blank. The last we see of Blank in that movie, he's leaving town with Debbie, uh, who is a mini driver, presumably to start a new life in retirement from criminal life. In John Wick, the retired killer has recently lost the woman who changed his life. (laughs) His only companion is his dog, which he also will soon lose. And in Gross Point Blank, Martin's roommate is a cat. So it's... And of course... If you were to say like, okay, dark haired, um, Gen X, like brooding stud guys, it, like Keanu Reeves and um and uh uh what's his name are pretty much like hand in hand. I mean they're very sure. similar career arc type
1: guys. Speaking of I'm sure career, there like was ten ch-
0: movies. <laughs> I'm sure there's been ten movies in history where if you go and do some like half-assed internet research, you could find out like there's there's Keanu Reeves movies where it's like John Cusack was, was considered for this role. Oh, I'm sure. And vice I'm versa,
1: sure. you know? Absolutely. You know, speaking of career, I was just looking up uh, uh, John Cusack. Um, and starting with Gross Point Blank in 1997, some of the movies he made the next few years, Con Air, uh, The Thin Red Line, um, Being John Malkovich, High Fidelity, uh yeah, of course that his little cameo and adaptation. So many freaking good movies he was in for like that little while, And then he just kinda kinda just disappeared. Yeah, what happened just, to him now? What's he doing now? He just pops up in things here and there, but not much. What's he, the...
0: He's one of those kind of guys that he's a he's got a little Paul Red thing going where he looks the same still, right? Yeah, like He, he basically still looks does. like he's maybe thirty four.
1: He's got something called Never Grow Old coming out this year. But <laughs> That's
0: yeah, it. he didn't get the Keanu Renaissance that Keanu no. got.
1: He's there's still time. He could. Oh, but man. that's a hell of a that was a hell of a run that you just said. But that has to be like a four year run, right? Yeah, it's like four years. Lots of lots of good. <laughs> four stuff. years, six
0: bangers, yep. six absolute bangers. Absolutely. Oh, <sighs> I don't know, Dave. I've been listening. You been you've been listening to any good podcasts? I've been listening to something. I was going to tell you about that. Super funny.
1: Oh man, what have I, 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 I we all know, I, well, we all by, by, we all, I mean, me and you know, I listen to come town pretty much. <laughs> not I, I, I listen to this, uh, this one podcast, the, the only, like, I don't, I don't have enough time. I don't understand where you people find time to listen to so many podcasts. The only like, like kind of unknown, like independent podcast that I actually listen to is this one called think to the brink. Um, okay, what is that? It, it's just these two, just really uh, nerdy British dudes that like just overanalyze something nonstop and they just start from like the first sentence and then they're like, they, they like go off that sentence and try and they just try to figure it out. But in the process of figuring it out, they go like way off on like a really long tangent. But they've got that whole British thing going, like that, that really kind of like ridiculous goofy british thing going and it's it's almost like like just overhearing a conversation where you're just like what the fuck is wrong with these two <laughs> you know it's actually uh, really funny it's, it's the only like little podcast i listen to i've been listening to this thing and i think i'm going
0: to stop i don't know if i'm going to i don't know if i'm gonna, this was <laughs> kind of a tough hang um it's one of these limited series where it's like one guy telling a story um, in this case, it's it, it's a podcast called The Shrink Next Door. And it's by um, it's by Wondery, which is like a huge podcast company that does a lot of really good podcasts and great sort of first person narrative stuff or third person narrative stuff reported, mostly journalistic. And this is like that. It's just not that good. Um, it's it's by Jonah Sarah, who was like a uh, an opinion columnist at the uh, New York Times that I never liked which is not saying much he's a really it's just like the typical you know New York Times opinion columnist who's completely focused on the wrong things in every story and 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 steps away from every story with the wrong the wrong opinion about what it means um but I, I wanted to put aside my sort of dislike of his body of work as a New York Times columnist and listen to this very promising well produced it sounds beautiful podcast um but i thought you would appreciate it because it's about okay first of all it's all people that like your parents were probably friends with in new york in the 60s and 70s -hmm. so now it's all older italian and jewish new york people who never left new york right and are uh, like are you know are from that era of New York and are still there, like Upper West Side type people. And um, it's about this this psychiatrist who sort of manipulates people into like being subservient and it's all like he his his clientele are all these wealthy like fail sons and fail daughters of rich, New York, Manhattan people and like uh, like uh, socialites and stuff like that. And people who are just kind of like 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 the characters from Woody Allen movies. Like it's a bunch of Woody Allen movie characters that are his. <laughs> the reason that I'm laughing about it and that I'm kind of hooked on it is because it starts off with the pomp and circumstance and the background sound and the, the sound beds of something that's going to be like a true crime like this shrink is going to turn out to be a murderer or something, mm. but he's not. He's just like kind of, kind of a schmuck. Like he doesn't <laughs> break any laws, and they're like, and they'll give like this th- this dramatic weight to a moment where it's like, and he told me never to talk to my mother again and to cut her out of my life, and I did, and that's what I did. And but like you'll think that that'll be delivered with the same gravity of like we opened the cave that we opened the, the sarcophagus and his dead body was inside of it or some shit. Hey, what'd you and say this is called again? It's called the shrink next door.
1: And and who who makes it?
0: Wondery, which I don't know if you're familiar with Wondery, but they're like one of the big podcast platforms, oh, okay. and um. And uh, but it's it's the based on the journalism of Joe Nocera, who was a uh, New York Times columnist for a, okay. a really long time. I was gonna say I it rem- I think reminds he me now. He the way, he doesn't write uh, on the opinion page anymore.
1: The way you were describing it reminds me of like one of those Jonathan Ames shows. Uh, it's like a John. Yes,
0: exactly. You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. It's like Bored to Death. Yeah, like it's bored basically to death or like something. a bunch of the B characters from Board to Death. It's like everybody. In, in the, the social circle of Ted Danson's character from Board to Death, <laughs> if they had a podcast about a psychiatrist who took advantage of them and tricked them out of their house in the Hamptons. Like, that's what the, that's what the entire fucking podcast is. But the way that it's positioned, I don't know how to explain it, but podcasting and audio drama and stuff like that has built these, like, series of... Um, Expectation builders, right? You listen to a thing and you think like it's going a certain place. Yeah. And sometimes it can be cool because it can flip it on you. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example of a show that, that like will flip on you. Um, the, uh, Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's? That's such a weird podcast. And the way that it flips on you over the first, like, five or six episodes. And you're just like, what the fuck am I listening to? Is brilliant and fun and inspired. This is like you keep waiting for something to happen. And I'm four episodes in. And I'm like, when is something going to fucking happen here? Is this guy going to, like, kill somebody or what? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe we're just, like, maybe we're desensitized. Maybe just, like, a... Uh, a a a six episode, you know, self-contained podcast story about a a mildly annoying and domineering Jewish uh, psychiatrist in the eighties isn't you know, titillating enough or something. I don't know, but they treat it with so much like regard like, and could you believe that what happened next was that he told Mahdi that he had to use his house? during the 4th of July break. And I was like I, I don't know, like is that a crime? Like he asked, right? <laughs> it's not like he I mean, as far as I can tell what it is is like this guy was like I don't know, did you did you know anybody see my mom was in was in therapy in the 80s and 90s when in New York when therapy was like on the rise as like sort of it wasn't really about being in treatment. It was about a social standing thing. It was about being. Right, right. It was more about being somebody who was in therapy than it was like actually going to therapy and getting, you know, psychoanalysis or whatever the fuck. It was more about being a person who gets who gets therapy. Sure. sure. And so like that's what all these people were. These were the kind of people who were like, you know, the same way that you get like that you get like, I don't know subscriptions to cbd oil these days like back then it was going to therapy it was a a symbol of hip in touchness and um all these people would go to this guy and they would have their complaints about their 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 rich parents and their their rich family and how they didn't approve of the things they they were doing and this guy's move was he would just be like well you need to cut your family out of your life and get rid of them and then he would sort of become their family. He would become their family, and he would draw them into his circle of admirers. And those people would, um, you know, like he would bring them to these big parties. The main character in this sh- in this show is this dude named Mark, Mark Markowitz, and um, he, he he was this guy that you know his parents were rich. He inherited this very lucrative business. And he inherited this huge house. and I don't know if he inherited it, actually. He might have just bought it himself. He had this beautiful house in the Hamptons. And uh, for years, people thought that he was the groundskeeper there because this psychiatrist was just domineering him and rolling over him and using his house and making him clean the house and service it and fix it up. And it, so, yeah, it was, it's, I don't know. I guess my point is don't listen to it. <laughs> But it just reminded me of you. And it reminded me of like, like the time in New York when we were kids in the 80s. And how I feel like people were so. Like the people of that era. Like millennials get a lot of shit. And our generation gets a lot of shit for being self-absorbed. But that generation has to be the most self-absorbed group of people that ever existed. People who were like young adults or like in their thirties or early forties during the eighties, it's the worst group of people that's ever been produced. I, I, am not going to argue with you. I'll tell you that much. I mean, and then you hear them and they're completely <laughs> they're like completely self unaware. Like there was, it's, it, you know what? Well, listen to it because it is a funny fucking thing to listen to. Like the level of, un, of unaware, like, Lack of introspection that these people have where the woman is like <laughs> this, this Jewish woman's is like Ma- Marty wouldn't uh, talk to me for several months. And so I decided the only way to get his attention is to steal a bunch of jewels of <laughs> ours of the families from, uh, you know, a, lo- a, a lockbox that we'd we shared. And I knew that would get his attention, and it did. And he cut me out of his will. Can you believe that? It was just, it's just—it's these petty, small, dumb slights that all revolve around money and judgment, and it's like this. It's like the pettiest, smallest people, and you kind of are just like, yeah, of course you're going to get fucking ripped off by by some by some shrink. <laughs> I hope this doesn't come off as anti-Semitic. <laughs> you got me here as a buffer. <laughs> I got you here as my,
1: my raft, my beard. <laughs> so what else is going on with you? Speaking of beards, I shaved over the last four weeks. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it's gone. The Jewish Dave beard uh, is Yeah, gone. I did
0: see that. You look good. Actually, you look really good. Thanks, buddy. I got to see you in person. You might not look good. It's true. Um, you look like uh, you look like Kit Harrington. <laughs> you know who that is when he shaved.
1: <sighs> he just checked into rehab, Luxu- yeah, checked. luxury rehab. That's what the headlines said.
0: Yo, that's the way to do it, man. Do luxury rehab. Do you I think they- that's
1: that's kind of mean that they would put that in the headline, luxury rehab. Why not just let that be a private like detail? That's
0: like a little middle finger. Yeah, like, that's the price little you pay pussy. for success in the world. <laughs> Is that, like, people are going to refer to your luxury rehab as... Your rehab as luxury rehab. What level of... That's you. That's a picture of you that I just sent you on chat. <laughs> people will laugh, but... First of all, he's British. British people, even good-looking British people aren't good-looking. And um second of all, like, he's maybe two degrees of like facial feature away from looking just like you when you were like 25. Yeah. <laughs> in that picture. Like there, I have photos with me and you where you look pretty much like that.
1: It does look kind of like. How I used to look. <laughs> you should ask Gina. Is Gina around? <laughs> I think she's upstairs. Editing photos from Michael Weiss's wedding, friend of the show. Congratulations. Oh yeah. Congrats to Michael, to Weiss. Michael
0: Weiss for getting married. Yeah. Um, is Michael running for anything in 2020? Do we know? He hasn't said yet, but uh we'll get him
1: on the show if he's gonna announce anything.
0: The weatherman in Dayton, Ohio, who flipped his shit, uh were people because they were in um in, in Ohio there was a like uh tornadoes popping up left and right, and they had to cut in with an emergency broadcast and emergency tornado warning, and they had to cut into the bachelorette, and I guess somehow he was seeing, like, social media or live chat or live text responses, and everybody was like, put up, put the Bachelorette back on. Put the bachelor, What, what is this shit? I don't care about this. And he was just like, uh, the quote was, All live on air. He's like, I'm done with you people. I really am. This is pathetic. <laughs> and he walked off the stage. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> fucking props, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. Good Good disgusting. For him. Good who for him. watches The Bachelor? Apparently everybody, but I'm I'm saying
1: who watches The Bachelorette? No, I, I can't imagine. I uh, awful people.
0: <laughs> Good one, Dave. So back. What can we do to grow this podcast, Dave? You tell me. Tell me one thing to do. How about this? As I seamlessly move away from asking you a question to just answering my own question. <laughs> Oh, there we go enjoy that <laughs> that's a good uh, suggestion um, how about this uh, hot takes why don't we have a hot takes segment <laughs> snot, snot takes more like it right so what would our hot take segment be my hot take is um, that weatherman Jamie, Jamie Simpson is a thought about that
1: huh? i
0: no no frame of reference i'm gonna cut that part out (laughs) (laughs) what's your hot take give me a hot take come on
1: what's my podcasts are are bad (laughs) (laughs)
0: podcasting is bad
1: oh what's my hot take um i don't know i was gonna uh I don't know. I got nothing, dude. Damn, you are a veritable fountain of I, entertainment I, know. I I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've been in this weird world of, uh, uh, nothing but dogs and podcast editing and and helping Gina with photography. Like that's literally all I've been doing. I haven't been paying attention to anything outside of those three things. You got to get out. You got to get on a boat or something. Yeah. I'd probably get a good hot take out on a boat.
0: No, you just have to start consuming some culture and and existing and living. Yeah. You got to, you got to get out there and just like find people, find, you know, find who, find who you are.
1: Well, I, I, I like, uh, some of the things that I do, you know, I, I just, they, they don't. They don't include hot takes. That's what the problem is. Okay, well,
0: fuck the hot takes. I mean, I'm, I think you're getting too focused on the hot takes. We're I, I done with the
1: hot takes. Forget the hot
0: takes. <laughs> done with that. Not only are we done with that, been done with it. Like, almost since the moment that I first said it.
1: You know what sucks, too, is... Uh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid is uh, not that good. <laughs> but uh what sucks is I actually had things I wanted to talk about on Bird Road weeks ago and I, yeah. I I'll have things again but right now I just like I, I've lost you couldn't them just off.
0: like force me you couldn't just like push me to be like, hey come on we gotta record I gotta get this stuff out.
1: I know I know I should have I should have I really should have I, I although I don't think that would have been possible but I should have. I mean, it's hard for me to get you to do things. You do things, and I'm along for the ride, usually. That's how it works. I don't know what that means. It sounds very, very confrontational. <laughs> it
0: sounds like, it sounds like you're picking a you fight. Bad, man. Always bad.
1: I mean, really? Why not? Um, why, why not? Uh, we, we, we haven't. We haven't talked that much. You've been busy. I've been busy. How you been? I feel like we're in constant contact. Yeah, that's probably true, but um Gina will always ask me after I've talked to you, you know, how I, I am like, yeah, like I'm messaging you for like, you know, thirty straight minutes and she's like, How is Q? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no way to know. There's it's it's a fair question. I mean, <laughs> I
0: want to. I want to get back out to Vegas soon. I yeah. mean, we we got to do a live show. Yeah, we got should done do doing a, live a live show, show for um. What well, wasn't a live show? We did some live events for uh, entre dos,
1: which which um which went really well, and uh, we could probably do a live show at the Golden Tiki, who are now a sponsor of piecing it together. What's an idea? How about this? Not a live show. Not doing. Oh, we
0: should talk about the live show. Actually, fuck. Yeah. Uh, maybe I need to cut this out and put it up right at the very, very beginning or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah. W- what about the idea that I really liked from working on these Interredos shows over the last few days of doing a live event that's not necessarily a show, but mm-hmm. some kind of like a social or get together or just like a conversation or I don't know, like something that's not the end goal of it isn't to do the show. It's to, I don't know
1: no i agree i agree completely and i and not not to make it about piecing it together but we i've been talking with uh with my friend chris about doing some piecing it together uh like Watch classic parties. classic movie screenings at, at events you know and it would just yeah. basically be the screening and like maybe we talk about it and record something after but mainly it's just to do screenings you know and i i think there's some way to do something like that with bird road i mean I think if nothing else, it should be, uh, it it should be kind of like, you know, when we, well, this isn't true, at all but I was going to say when we get back together after not seeing each other for like six months or 12 months and hang out and invite other people who want to come hang out with us, you know, but we don't really do that. It's usually just the two of us and we don't invite anyone else, but, but we could pretend that's something we do and we could do that we could do couch sessions yeah at your house or something that could work too with like
0: strangers that you've never met
1: yeah there's a bar like walking distance to my house we could just do it there
0: right so that like you know we can meet them there and walk back to your house with that these strangers
1: i am going to do whatever i can to lose them on the way back
0: (laughs) but luckily you're not very mobile no i'm not you know here's the move and i see that this is big out in vegas too Let's figure out some sort of like integration with eSports because that's that's the shit. That's the real shit. That's the, you know, dropping the, the Brad Pitt line from Burn After Reading.
1: That's the shit, man. That's, that's the, the shit, real man. shit. That's that shit. I'm trying to get competitive with Tetris. can you you can't be that
0: good are you that that has to be i'm pretty there has to be a billion people playing tetris i'm pretty i know you're good good. at it but you can't be one of the better people at it see
1: i don't know i don't know and i i want to find out if i am because i win a lot online i win a lot but i don't know if like the competitive leagues i don't know exactly how good they are compared to what i am but i'm fucking good
0: How can you measure that? What? Okay, really quick. Um, uh, four squares, two Z's, and a, a long bar, four bar. What do you do?
1: Yeah, see, that's what I thought. <laughs> you gotta be like uh, it was breaking like up Fisher. the whole time. So I, I, all I heard was the four <laughs> squares, and then, and then I heard the word long somewhere <laughs> in there. <laughs>
0: alright I think that's good you want to do a uh, plug
1: sure uh, you got
0: anything go- coming up uh, if it's just piecing it together again don't bother
1: yeah no I uh, I got the Pup Pups album coming really really soon um, it's almost done waiting on some artwork uh, and then just going to finish up the last couple songs and get this thing going um, where can people go to find that just right here baby right here on the bird road podcast this is exactly where you can find the pup pups the album is called who wants din din and uh, it will be ex- available exclusively on this particular episode of bird road but you have to go back and find it i don't understand how is this happening <laughs> You'd be like
0: downloading the file and then tacking extra audio to the front of it. That would be pretty, uh, p- pretty, pretty interesting. I just posted, huh? I just sent you a couple selfies of us having this conversation, pictures I took of myself.
1: Oh, I, I want to see. <laughs> <laughs>